Welcome to Road to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, the other two are just along for the ride. James, say hi. Hey. <laughs> That's all we get right now. Oh my somebody, gosh. Somebody a little tired there? Are we a little tired, tired there? Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> what's up, what's up? And you heard that? Heard... East Coast, let's go. Turn right, it up. On a, on a Saturday, so you know, Turn I've up. been sipping a little, trying to just make it through the day, right? And then we got got Tyler from the 303 over there. We're live and, you know, we're getting this thing rolling again. We at are... least for tonight. At least for tonight, we're getting it rolling. <laughs> well, I mean, we just spent 10 minutes trying to figure out what our possible schedule could be this offseason and then during the season. And we do not have any plan whatsoever. We can promise you this is not the end, but it is definitely going to keep being sporadic as, as it has been. What did we have? One solo pod in the last two months? Like, it's education. Being in education, getting your education to be better. Like, it's it's a trip, man. It's hard. It is hard I mean, out here. Life as a whole, like, unless this is what you're doing, which I was lucky over the summer just to have enough time to do all this kind of stuff. Unless you, this is what you are doing. Like, people who do this as a side thing, I just, I don't know how. It's it's crazy. Like even with you, the whole time we've been doing this, both of you guys really, but especially you, Aaron, like doing all the stuff you do for this, being a teacher on the side. I'm like, what? <laughs> teacher and and dad. That's yeah. nuts. That's just nuts. Yeah, it's a trip. It's trip. And we don't. I mean, nobody's mad at us, right? Nobody gives a shit about us, so it's fine. It makes it a little bit easier when you got five listeners and three of them are. Maybe your mom. I don't know. So, like, it doesn't matter. So, we're out here giving you the ones and twos of the minor league season. And it definitely did not end the way that we wanted to in any of them. The Goats missed the playoffs. Spokane actually was way closer than we ever thought. Um, and the Fresno Grizzlies, they won their wild card or whatever, that first round playoff. And then they ended up losing two to, what, Lake Elsinore or something? I don't know. Some I think, I think that's who it was. Yeah. Just, Heartbreaker. Just like they did last year. Like, had the team, was the team, all the wins, and just couldn't pull it off in the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, that kind of sucks. But it was still a fun season. Like, there was a lot. A lot of good I things happening. I would. I, I need to go back and, like, listen to some of the pods we did kind of at the beginning and maybe even prior to the year because – you know, I think we kind of called what was coming that this year we saw so many dudes like become dudes. Like they put mm. themselves on the map, they put their little pin on the map and said, I'm here. I'm meant to be taken seriously. And we saw the Rockies farm system, you know, by a couple sources get put in the top 15. And I, I want to say baseball America was top 10. I, I yeah. forget the exact number right now, but like stuff happened. It was exciting. For us from this angle to be you know looking at it obviously the rockies themselves uh, there's only so much to really enjoy there right now especially yeah. this year this this seemed like the least enjoyable major league year the minor leagues probably the most enjoyable year i've had so glad we were able to at least experience that yeah we i mean let's go right there let's get jamesy going let's get james woken up folks 9 30 on a saturday 9 35 he is betting responsibly, but not doing very well. So he is a little on tilt. So let's get the best Jamesy rant that we possibly could get right now. And if you all could see his face right now, it is lit up. He's uh, I just want to. <laughs> I want to go off what Tyler said about it being the least enjoyable uh, MLB season. I guess my my thought is, why do you think that is? I have an idea, but why do you think that is? Either one of you. Um, like for me, it's because you look at the roster and there's a lot of guys to like but there's not that one guy that makes you tune in every night you know trevor story nolan arnado those were those guys cj crone was kind of that for a while it's like hey if you watch the game you're probably gonna see cj hit a 450 foot home run but this year there was just nobody consistent start to finish that made you want to tune in and that's the first time for me as a rockies fan experiencing that yeah, that's a really good point. Um, do you think the the whole attitude of the front office and just being more aware of that as a fan base played into that at all or, or not really? 
I think I think it does a little bit, but at the same time, I think that's been a really real growing sentiment the last what you know six years. I think really since the Tulo deal, that's I think when a lot of people started to kind of wake up a little bit. But then there were still a couple playoff appearances that happened. You know, I think I think by 2019 though, a lot of people were like, "What are we doing?" and still managed to have a couple of enjoyable years after that. But this one, you combine that with what I was talking about and you get what you got. Yeah, it's just, it's so hard to get behind something that is mediocre to start. And then, you know, nobody behind it wants to actually do the work to improve it. (laughs) There he is. So, you know, (laughs) that's what made it tough for me. And then, yeah, CJ was doing his thing, and that was fun. And that was fun for my fantasy baseball team. And then the second half, he just kind of wanted to chill. So, respect. Yeah, that all-star break killed Crone. I mean, I I agree with James. There's this the lackadaisical motion, like the analytics department. We had one, right? And then dude man left. And then another dude man left. And then they have no idea what the analytics department is doing. So that was a bummer. And then Chris Bryant, the big guy, the, the, the stud, he has plantar franchiitis, which never goes away. So what does this big-ass contract look like? And then the starting pitchers, Marquez was broken. Freeland was struggling all year. Chad Cool was nice. And then he wasn't. And then... Like Antonio Cincitella is on the IL and then our death was there. And we're talking about Chi Chi coming back possibly. I don't know. There was just a lot of, it had to be perfect for us to be even close. And it was far from perfect. And then the toying of the Montero, the ups and downs of Justin Lawrence and Ryan Feltner. I just, I got to a point where I'm like, I, I want to see the kids play because there's absolutely no reason not to. And then Montero's on the bench again in the middle of July, 20 games back already and you called him up after just raking in Albuquerque and you put him on the bench. Yeah. It was, that was very frustrating. It finally hit in August, like where all the kids were playing, Bashard, Servin, Tovar got the call. Like all these guys were playing finally, but it was mid August by that time. And I was out, I was already out. Like I watched the least amount of Rockies games this year than I have in a solid, solid minute. That's why we focus on the minors, baby. <laughs> it's so yeah. much more fun to have hope, right? And it we had we had a year. Let's talk about us, right? Let's talk about us. Winton Bernard getting the call up. Friend of the pod. I, we've already talked about it. That was dope. And then the other friend of the pod. Did you guys see it? Do you know it? Noah. Noah. No. Filthy. I mean, Noah. Unfortunately, though, they had him on the roster for like two weeks, and he got to pitch one time, which yeah. is one of those things that, again, it, it, there's got to be some kind of disconnect. I think it's just at all levels. There's, there's not this idea of hey, we got to get these young guys with their feet in the water. This was like we got to get the young guys like to like touch the water with their fingertip and try to get a feel for things from that, and that just doesn't that doesn't work, like. He should have pitched at least five innings. That's that's a baseline this season. Five innings is nothing, but like he should have pitched at least a few times, gotten a multi-inning run at some point. One time. He pitched one time. And yeah. you know, it, it's just stupid. The guy was on the 40 man roster the entire year. He got one outing. And you know he's part of your future, so why not start him when he was out there? There is I was talking to somebody in the in the DMs. Um and he said he talked to some people on the arm bar when he was at the game. I think it was actually the Tovar debut that you were at also. But he was talking to Noah a little bit, and he just went all out the night before during his pin session. So his arm wasn't quite ready. And then by then, he was already going back down to Albuquerque or whatever, wherever he was going. So there might have been some, a little bit of that, but... In the, I don't know. It, like you call up a dude who is your future, who you're stoked about. Like, why aren't you starting him? Why aren't you putting him out there? Like, cool Gomber. Like, we know who they are. We know who Feltner is. Like, why aren't we Urena? Like, Urena is a free agent. Like, why are we putting him out there? Like, who? I I don't get that at all. Like, why are we putting these guys out there that are not part of the future? And and you have the future there. Like, put them out there and just do it. And again, that was very frustrating, being sold, being out already, and then not seeing our guys getting in when it makes sense to put them in. 
And I don't know. It's just, it just, it was a weird season in the minor, majors. But there was this like weird attempt to grasp at, really to grasp at straws, trying to win games, trying to appear competitive. Like we saw that with Jose Urena. Like, you know, I didn't hate the signing. You, you love those kinds of signings. A guy that maybe is going to help you out, but, you know, we were just loyal to him to a fault. Um, you know, just the numbers weren't great. He's not a bad pitcher. He's not a terrible pitcher, but, you know, he's a borderline fifth starter. Yeah. Why are we forcing a guy who's not really an MLB caliber starter into st- like he almost started 20 games this season? Like definitely made sense early in the year, kind of midseason when he came up. But yeah, by the end of the season, I you know, it's it's tough to justify that with a lot of young arms that need to take that step forward if the Rockies are going to be competitive in the next couple like I don't I don't even want to say next couple of years these guys need to to get every piece of development and every opportunity they can if in five years the Rockies are going to have a team yep preach preach James what do you think about Urena horrible just (laughs) just 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 bad I mean um personally seems like a great guy he had a couple good outings but we know what he is at this point right yeah. That's the frustrating part is like they they go for somebody that has experience, whether that experience is good or bad, and then they ignore the the young guys, right? And so that's something that I still don't understand in the game of baseball. I mean, I do to a certain extent that experience is worth something, but when you're not playing for anything. Yeah. And yeah. and that's, I think, one of the biggest Rockies crutches is that Buddy Black loves playing the vets and experience and Got to win that game. It doesn't really look at the big picture every day, it seems like. And it's just, that gets frustrating too. Love Buddy. Like I think he's a great manager, yeah. but I don't know if he's the manager for the Rockies going forward. But maybe that's a off-season pod, whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, I think he's that guy that could take you from being 500 to being a playoff team. But you have to have those pieces there to get you to 500. Yeah. Trying to turn Ty Block and Jelly Chassin and and like we mentioned, Urena into like the guys for you, like it's just, it's I don't I don't even know what to say. It's like that's forcing the issue pretty much. Yeah, forcing the issue, and that's it's yeah. We're done talking about it. Moving on, back to the mi- mi- miners where we miners. have hope. We the miners had a lot of good momentum this year. I think we got more promotions than we were expecting. Again, I think some of them happened later, Hunter Goodman, than they should have. However, there were a lot of push-ups and call-ups and like we saw starting pitching going up, up, and up uh, way more than I think we had in 2021. So that was exciting. Um, And we'll talk about kind of our guys in a little bit. But speaking of call-ups and but we saw what, five, seven debuts this year? On the Major League squad, which Sean Bashard, Tolia Servin, Gavin Hollowell, which is sweet, um, Chad Smith, Tovar, Montero, might have missed one or two in there. Um, it's, that that's exciting. Should have happened again way earlier. However, it's pretty pretty sweet. I love that Tovar was on the IL, was out at Albuquerque for what three games. Then he came came up to Rockies and he started playing. Not what I expected at all. I didn't think they would push him like that just because of the injured and just the Rockies history. But uh, Tyler, you were there for debut. Uh, how sick was that? It was that was easily one of the most memorable games I've been to at at Coors. Um, you know, you got that debut, two pitches, two hits for him. Yeah, that was like just to start the game off. It was hilarious. Like one pitch gets it out of the way. Goes up, second pitch, gets it out of the gets his second hit out of the way. Um, it was just so cool to see that. Obviously, they won too, which you know, you can say what you want about the season and, and what it means, but like when you're at the game, seeing a win is is cool, kind of regardless. Like yep. and at the end of the day, rooting for for losses and tank is is just you know, kind of counterproductive to being a fan. Like, yeah, I'm I want them to have a high pick, but like being at that game was so cool seeing and and Trejo he was the one who walked it off and you know I I'm a guy I've been kind of down on Trejo kind of like you know he's another one of those guys they're sort of trying to fit this you know square piece into a into a circular hole but I think he finally got a pretty fair opportunity down the stretch of the season and 
there's maybe about like a utility kind of profile there. Um, you know, maybe he kind of is another Josh Fuentes where it just things kind of falter. But I mean, Josh Fuentes did have some moments. So I think Treo, there's a chance for him to be a bit better than that. And that was kind of exciting to see. Another guy, mm. not not the high prospect guy, but he finally got an opportunity. And we see what happens when guys get opportunities and don't play, you know, twice in five games uh, and get to build some repetition. Yeah. 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 We're definitely having an offseason pod about maybe the future of the Rockies 2024 or 23 debut season. Because uh, I'm big on Trejo and I think he could be a piece. Um, all right, let's just let's just get to it. Let's do our off se- our full season awards in this conversation. Put a poll out there these last few days. Um, I put let's talk about this one. The who is your pitching starting pitcher of the year? And I put out there Nick Bush, Joe Rock, Victor Juarez, or other. I had five percent other, but nobody decided to tell us what who that was. So Joe Rock was the winner, forty two percent where Victor and Nick Bush got 26% of the vote. I won't tell you how many votes there were because it's, it's pretty sad. But that was it's the poll, right? Put it out there. Do we agree with the poll results? Who was your pitcher of the year of the Rocky system? James, you start us off, brother. I got uh, Joe Rock, which is what you had first. So please don't give me credit for saying that first because I think you did. But Joe Rock, for sure. I won't give you credit uh, for anything. Okay, you guys have a good night. <laughs> Joe Rock, why? Go. Talk, talk to me, baby. Uh, you know, starting pitching something Rockies uh, historically just don't have a lot of. I mean, no organizations do, but uh, Rockies especially. And so it's hard to get super excited about a starting pro- uh, pitching prospect. But Joe Rock, I think, has the, uh, the mental aptitude to take on Coors and, and do well. So I'm excited to see him come up. Yeah, and since he's my pitcher of the year, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with you. He's. I think we talked about it all season, mainly from our banter session with him around this time last year. He's just a mental, like he has that that mental fortitude that you don't see in much Rockies pitchers. I mean, Kyle Freeland to an extent. Like when it's game day, like it's game day. It's on. I just think Joe rocks like that all the fucking time though. I think yeah, he's, he's just... fiery. He's, <laughs> he's fiery and he wants to strike you out. And then he wants to tell you about it afterwards. And yeah. I love that. Uh, I need that mental. Yeah. On the flip side of that, you have somebody like Noah Davis, who's like very methodical and strategic about pitching and, you know, probably strikeouts aren't on the mind, but you know, Joe, <laughs> Joe's that old school, like, I'm just going to go after you. And I love it. We haven't had that in so long. Again, Kyle Freeland every fifth day. That's about it. But I want it all the time. I, I want that old school feeling coming back. And he got the late call up to Hartford in September. Did fare too well. Two outings, both four innings. Four innings. One was five earned runs. One was four earned runs. But dude was a freak to start the year. In May 14th, he had an ERA of 245. Um, whip of 103. Like a full season, three thirty two in June, one oh six, like just was solid all year. And his stuff is fucking nasty. Like I'm so glad he'll be in Hartford next year so we can actually watch him. If not Albuquerque, like no more of the Spokane blackouts. I'm pretty stoked about Joe Rock. And he earned it. He earned every little bit of that call up. So pretty stoked for Joe Rock. Love that. Friend of the pod. All right, Tyler. Who's your guy? I, I wanted to go a little against the grain with mine and, and went with Jordy Vargas who I I think he has a chance to to emerge pretty clearly as the best pitching prospect in the system. There's a little bit of a ways to go since he's so young and has such little experience, but the way he pitched in the complex league, he was on, that was like basically having a pro pitch in high school. Um, it was, it was kind of unfair for everyone. Uh, he hit Fresno, you know, wasn't amazing in Fresno, but I think, when you're making such a big jump as a teenager, that kind of stuff is going to happen. Uh-huh. But you're seeing just two two pitches that he has, like, amazing use of. Like, overall, the stuff is great. The command of it is solid. That upside is, is you know, it's it's special. We saw this with, with Helchris Olivares. And, like, we, we saw it. He's still in the system, so, like, we're seeing it kind of. <laughs> but I think you're looking, like, that except from the right side and a little bit more safety. So 
just the signs we got this year were ridiculous. I, I and mean, again the the domination that he put up in the complex league that's just almost unheard of. It, it was it was truly like a ridiculous competitive gap between him mm-hmm. and the guys he was facing, and it's basically like facing you know a, a high college league. And this is a guy who's 19 years old, so it shows he's you know way ahead of the curve. Um, super excited to watch him next year. Definitely not your orthodox pitcher of the year. Joe Rock, I think, just totaled everything this year. But Vargas, the signs are all over the place that he is going to be amazing. I, I I like that pick, and I'm glad you went that route. I kind of figured you would. Uh, but, like, he is nuts. <laughs> I remember Jordy Vargas night. I, mean, I watched that debut. That was fun. Um, we had a lot of good pitching. Let's just recap it real quick. Like, we had um, Jaden Hill made his debut. Uh, Victor Juarez was nasty. Case Williams went from Fresno. He was in Hartford at the end of the year. Mike Ruff made some good um, strides going forward. Um, Andrew Kazeda uh, in Spokane, quiet, quiet, solid season out there. Um, I mean, Nick Bush, uh, minus his injury, sucked that he only got to 100 innings, but he was fantastic. Carl Kaufman got to the call halfway through the season to go to AAA. And he'll figure it out because his track record says he will. Noah Davis got the call from Hartford to MLB. There, and we didn't even see Chris McMahon, Hector Lares, Olivares, or Sam Weatherly this year. Like the starting pitching, there's some depth there. It's coming. We have to wait for it. It's coming. So hopefully we don't have to sign Urania for another five years or whatever. But let's. It's there. Starting pitching is there. I know we. That was one of those things we talked about all year. Um. All right. Offensive player of the year. Now, this one this one has some banter to it, James. I need you to tell me if this guy's an idiot or I'm an idiot. I think he's an idiot. No offense, but he is. Um, so he thought my poll was weird. So here are the names I put on the poll because I know you don't see it because you're too busy just changing lives out there wherever you're at in the Midwest. I put Hunter Goodman, Yankel Fernandez, Aaron Shunk, and other. Dude, man... I think it was the penguin guy. I don't know. Let's see here. Let's see if I can find him. It doesn't matter what's what's weird about it though. I, I I don't know. He said it was a weird pull. I think he was mad. Why why is it doing this? I don't Twitter's being goofy. Um he was mad that I didn't put Amador or Brito. Oh, here it is. A penguin's life. I'm pretty sure it's Scott Oberg's uh burner. But I so did Am- Amador, arguably Correa's, and arguably Bernabel. This is a weird poll. I go, you're a weird poll. Shunk had 30-plus doubles and says a GOAT's season record in RBIs was 77, and arguably the toughest minor league league. And Goodman was third in all the minors and dons. I mean, Shunk's ping was life, Scott Oberg's burner. I mean, Shunk's teammate Julio Correa's hit 42 doubles and plays short. Goodman did most of his damage against kids younger than him in single A. Has no position and wasn't close to Fresno's best player, not including Yankeo. Amador and Montgomery were both better. Then I asked him, did you vote other? And he didn't respond anymore. Yeah, it seems like that all could have been avoided to just <laughs> vote other. <laughs> but I, why why was that a weird poll? And why is he wrong about Amador and Montgomery being having a better season than Shunk? We're not talking about talent. We're talking about better season. I don't know. I don't have a rebuttal for that. You got nothing? seriously I mean, nothing i i sort of agree but at the same time you know shunk just was very consistent all year and you know he did it at a, at a high level i i think maybe other guys were deserving of being on the poll but like he he does deserve some recognition for um you know doing what he did this year who would you have put as number three then who would you have put in there other than shunk because i know hunter and young cal should have been on there hands down who would you have put out third I would agree with with Brito and and Amador just because they're like these these youngins putting them putting in work. Both have like almost four hundred on base your percentage. Burner. It's your burner, isn't it? It might not. Yeah, I it could be. I am Scott Oberg's burner. You are um, Scott Oberg's burner's burner. I think also I would have considered Grant Levine over. And, thought, and of course, Tovar. I think Tovar, like he got injured and, and missed a su- substantial part of the season, but just his beginning of the year, like, was ridiculous. So, I think there's, I think there's a case for a lot of guys. That's but, again, I I have four spots. I put two other. for sure, and I think what Shunk 
did in double A should have been recognized. Like setting a goats record thing about all the players that we've had play for the goats for a full season or two and setting that RBI double record and 30 plus doubles and just being consistent. Like, I think that should have been recognized, especially in double A Northeast. Like that shit's hard. I did not put Tovar on there because he was hurt half the season. He, again, it was a season, not the half season, but one of our Twitter friends, Nate Handy here, who I actually like, he's got good thoughts. Um, he said Tovar's half half a season trumps all, in my opinion. And a lot of people agreed with that. I think that's what you're saying. I would say it was definitely the most important offensive season this year, like what Tovar did. Um, but I think Scott Oberg's burner is a weird pull, and I'll just put it at that. And leaning into that, so my offensive player of the year is actually Yankel Fernandez. I think if you're 19 years old, and hitting triple-digit RBIs at any level, whether it's high A, low A, triple A, and Albuquerque, whatever, like that should be recognized. Almost went with Winton, almost went with um, Shunk, but I have to, you have to give the nod to Yankee. Dude is a freak, and he definitely is like living up to all the hype that is there. Doubles for days, homers for days, triples. I think he had the most triples on the Fresno, if not second or third. Um, just, I was really impressed with Yankee Hill this year. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of cringy, but I, I, I just want to create some kind of like nickname lingo thing for him. That's like Yankee Fernandez on the beat because he is a producer. <laughs> like, this man produces. Um, you know, we saw hints of it last year, and then this year, like he's nineteen years old, and the dude's just doing so much. Like what he almost had like sixty-five extra base hits or something like that chill out yeah what 54 59 extra base hits dude man had a 507 slugging insane and he's 19 19. absolutely insane all right who's your who's your offense player of the year me or james let's not give james the highlight right now that's you i got it it's it's got to be goody just because I think you said I, I haven't checked. I think the third most homers in the minors this year. Like, I thought each time he got promoted to Spokane, I'm like, okay, I think we're going to see, you know, some struggles here. You know, he's really aggressive. Some guys are going to take advantage of that. Um, no, he hit like 10 home runs in a week or something. <laughs> no, like, but it, it was some crazy pace where you're like, okay, yeah, this guy is a dude. He's basically Mike Zanino. Hopefully it's for a little bit more average, but this guy's basically Mike Zanino. And, mm-hmm. and let me pull up the home run leaderboard, minor leagues. He, yeah, was tied for third. Some dude, yeah, Moises Gomez for the Cardinals had 39. That guy is ridiculous. Alex Canario for the Cubs had 37. And then Goody tied with Matt Mervis, uh, who's two years older than Goody. Uh, the other guys are young, but Mervis, two years older than Goody, played at like the same levels, same amount of homers. So like, he put in work like his power is is so legit um i think he makes him like his aggressive approach is gonna lead to him making enough contact like putting enough balls in play to have a decent average so you know just the production this year like he's one of those guys you can make the case like minor league player of the year like all across the board like he would get some discussion so definitely for the rockies organization i think he's the guy yeah uh I, I like my nickname for him. He's your mom's favorite player because all he does is hit dongs. Um, there's there's some fun puns in there. Uh, that's definitely not a nickname. That is way too long. No, he's your mom's favorite player. That that's a every time he comes up to the plate, you have to say. Yeah, it's it's just the way it goes. It's just the way it is, James. Stop being a hater, man. I don't know why you do this to me. Who's your player of the year, James? <laughs> I'm going to show some love to uh, the Venezuelan Crash Davis in baseball. Carlos <laughs> Perez. I knew you were going here. Oh, my God. <laughs> 31 Let's bombs, come. AAA. Let's Full go. Circle. It's a Full circle. Go back to the first road to Blake Street uh, pod that we did. James was all about Carlos. You're talking about – We thought, we about thought James Zanino. was just joking. We got him. We yeah. got him. We, got we do have Mike Zanino. Mike Zanino. Yeah, Carlos Perez. Why? 31 home runs, Albuquerque, catcher. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, 
Diaz Diaz hit some hit some good home runs for us, but before this year, I mean, there's no power in the catching position. So I don't know why he didn't get some ABs. I mean, I I, I was surprised he came up before wasn't up before serving, but I mean, it would have been Carlos fun. Perez. It's because he's 32. I mean, let's be real. Let's let's motherfuckers like Carlos Perez. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, you. You stick to your guns. You do not fray away at all. He hit 31 home runs this year. You know how many he hit last year? 31? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Did he go Chris Davis on us and have the same average, too, for three years? Or Coco uh, Montez? Coco Montez yes. did that. We'll say that Carlos Perez also did that. He, yes. He didn't, but yeah, we'll say enough. he did. Close enough. Yeah. Scott Oberg's uh, burner is definitely looking that up right now. I'm about ready to tweet at us. Um yeah, I like that. I appreciate you, James. So, James, who is your new favorite player this year? Probably Braden Ward. Oh, yeah. Friend of the pod? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he had a rough transition to spill can, but before that, he he was he was the Trey Turner of minor league baseball. He's really fun to watch, so and he, and he's got that he's got that Joe Joe Rock swagger, so I liked it. He he does. He just kind of bounces around everywhere he goes out on the field, and he's just a good dude. And he was he was a fantastic banter session. He was he was fun. Very chill. I like him. All right, I like Braden Ward. Uh, I still have no idea, so maybe if Tyler goes next, I'll think of somebody. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some good stalling time because um, this is a guy I've been kind. I don't. We'd have to like. I wish we had like manuscripts of of all our pods, so you could just like search for the names in the like the writing. But right. Juan Brito. Like he's kind of been my favorite for a while, but I didn't want to put it out there because I'm like this guy. You know, he hasn't played against the the tough talent yet. It's been you know DSL ACL. Like, can we make the claim that he's really good yet? I I don't know. Um, but this year, I think it was his best season, and he was doing it in Fresno. Uh, I would not be surprised if this this is a guy in like a year we're looking at him as as like a top ten prospect in the system. Yeah. And just he he plays with swag, you know, such a good hitter. Way more walks than well, seven more walks this year than strikeouts. Uh, that's I I just anytime I see that I'm like, I'll sell my soul for this guy. Um, I'll I'll give up a kidney, whatever it takes, just to make sure that this guy succeeds. Uh, that's where I'm at with him. We saw some sneaky pop. That's that's really what's got me going. The sneaky pop, eleven home runs. You know, 17 bags stolen, 407 on base. I love everything about his profile. I mean, he's not a shortstop. I think he he could have played shortstop at some point. Um, but, you know, seeing a second baseman do what he's doing, I'm like, again, I'd sell my soul for him to be the franchise second baseman in like two years. Also a switch hitter. If we can get all these switch hitters to the big leagues, you know, Toglia, Romo, Brito, Amador, like let's get an entire lineup of switch hitters. Uh, <laughs> I would fully, fully, fully endorse that. I think there's got to be like another one or two switch hitters in the system, but I cannot think off the top of my head if there are. So switch hitter magic, just he checks all the boxes, and and that's my stall time for you. <laughs> I I like the burrito pick too. Uh, the second base profile is, I think, pretty stoked. Like we don't have a true second baseman. I mean, and we probably shouldn't. Like I don't think any organization should. But Brito yeah. fits that. Um, I think I narrowed it down. It's it's my new favorite. So I was gonna go Hunter Stovall, but I needed a new favorite. I can't go with with one of our guys. So I'm going. It's a toss up between Warming and Montano, and I think I'm leaning Warming Bernabel. Uh, just he's got a fun name, right? Warm, warming, boiling, Bernabel, getting the call to Spokane. He did great in Spokane, too, after being demoted last year um, and coming back. And, like, it just it just seems like he figured it out. He's in the Arizona Fall League. He's not doing terrible. Um, I just like his profile. Third baseman can hit. I think I lost it. Wrong slide. Here we go. 801 OPS up in Spokane. For when he was up there for half the season and then when he was down in yeah there we go an 894 OPS in Fresno so 
still hits, still did his thing. Power, not a lot of strikeouts, which I love. Um, it's just, it's exciting. I liked when guys figure it out like that. So my new favorite is going to be warming, boiling, burn a bell. That doesn't... Hunter that John Bouchard spell on him. You, yeah. you cast it at the beginning. Like, John Bouchard... I did call kind of, that. We don't want to yeah, spend too much time. Like, we're trying... We have a system we're trying to get through right now. But put the Sean Bouchard magic on him. He was your Carlos Perez this year, except a much more, like, serious Carlos Perez. And yeah. you see this dude become, like, a guy at the end of the season. We, I think we'll, we'll save Sean Bouchard for the end. I think I don't know why actually we didn't just all pick him as the offensive player of the year. Like he had like a, an eleven hundred OPS in the minors and then like a nine hundred OPS in yeah. the majors. I think it's because he was in the majors. Like we're looking at the guys that are still in the system. Yeah, like okay. Bouchard. Bouchard's a he's a Rocky now, man. He's not a prospect. That's yeah. true. And but so I think I think at the end once we get through, we have a couple more of these superlative awards to give out. Um. Sean Bouchard is going to get a five-minute segment because there's, <laughs> there's actually something there to talk about. It's not just Prez. It is Prez, but there's something there to talk about. So yeah. we'll get there in a sec. Maybe we just do a full off-season pod just on Sean I Bouchard. I think we could make 30, 40 minutes out of it. I think we <laughs> yeah. could do it. Yeah, there's no way. No way we wouldn't. Um, Greg Bird also got a debut this year. Forgot about him. Jake. Um, Jake. Jake Bird. God damn it. <laughs> I've been doing that all season. Um James, who is your most improved player? So we have two more. Most improved and then the best one, MVP, after this. Uh, I like Grant as most improved. Levine. Um, he he was a big prospect, and then he kind of dropped off because um, people were profiling him, and he wasn't, uh, he wasn't hitting the way that he was used to. I think he was trying to hit the long ball a little too much, where in reality he's more of a – a gap power guy. And I think he got back to that. And um, if you look at MLB's um, top 30 for us, he actually is one spot above Tolia. So, um, you know, that's he pretty made, interesting to me. I think, he made a lot of noise. I think, I think he could have easily dropped off and uh, he worked at it and just went back to who he is as a hitter. And uh, for that, I think he deserves some recognition. I like that friend of the pod too. Fantastic dude, and I, I think we could make an argument that he helps Tolia push himself a little bit because Tolia started raking when Grant showed up in Hartford. Just saying. Um, my guy, I was gonna go to Bar, um, not to spoil spoiler alert, um, but that's Tyler's guy. So I'm gonna go Aaron Shunk. Aaron Shunk last year, like he was top thirty, I think maybe top twenty prospects in the Rocky system. Went to high A Spokane in his first major professional season and it hit 224 struck out 111 times and 394 at bats um just did not have the season you expect from that top guy coming out of georgia uh only played 90 games that season but then he comes back this year starts in hartford finishes this finishes the year in hartford 32 doubles 14 home runs 77 rbis yard goat season record just saying penguin um 258 batting average with the 743 OPS. I mean, you want that OPS to go up, but if you look at that entire league, like the OPS is not high in the Northeastern League. It's just around, like you're looking at top is like 800, 850. So uh, definitely above average in that. And he's just a dude. He had a, he's just a nice guy. Like he's fun to talk to on the DMs. He will be a friend of the pod real, real soon. We're working on that. But he just also rakes and he plays hard. He can put you, you put him at third, second, wherever you need him, he can go out there and do it. So I think Aaron Shunk would probably be the most improved. Whatever clicked that early June time, late May time, it just clicked and he was on fire. Yeah, so. I think that like Penguin, you know, Penguin has a point, but at the same time, like <laughs> it's your burner. Part of part of our whole deal here is really giving guys credit who don't get credit. And when you're looking at the guys who are all over the top tens, you know, they're getting they're getting their share of credit. But Aaron Schunk, uh, you know, he stumbled one time and then did not get credit after that. So I think the journey, the jump to this year in double A, like it, it was it took a lot. Double A is so hard and 
I, I thought he was I thought he might be done after last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there was a lot of, you know, injury kind of stuff going on there. But this year he's saying, hey, I, I have a chance to be a major leaguer. So yeah. I, I'm really happy for him. That's it's what we do this for is the storylines, I think, above all else. And, and that was a hell of a storyline. Dude, man, Rose is slugging 70 points. His OPS went up 110 points from the two seasons. So, got to be recognized. All right, who's your guy? Tovey. Um, I think this goes without saying. We saw him go from a guy who maybe was going to be a major league shortstop because of his glove. Maybe he hits a bit. Uh, Then it turns out, oh, wait. This guy has a chance to be Trevor's story. And I don't want to throw the expectations on him too much, but we're looking at a guy who could easily be a gold glover and could also hit like 20 plus homers, um, produce all around uh, on the base paths, uh, getting a bunch of hits. Like we're, we're seeing a guy who, who went from being maybe a regular to maybe a perennial all-star. And that is, we don't see that very often. So I, again, playing this off of storylines this is just a, this is a huge storyline we haven't seen something like this um you know probably since like nolan i think really that's that's where that comes you know we saw nolan in the minors before he got to the big leagues you're like this guy is going to be a stud and a lot of it's because of the glove and then nolan ended up being nolan so i don't think tovar is going to be i don't again i don't want to throw the super high expectations on him but He's doing stuff that you just you might see this once in 10 years. So it's really special to see just the jump he made, um, especially from 2019, from 2019 to now, like different player, completely different player. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he belonged on the field when he got the call up. Like you like you were everybody knows the first two pitches he saw hits and then he's making the plays defensively. So he's he is it like it's it, it's good i like that it's so cool to see that um all right let's end it with this mvp of the minor league season um james start us off hot who is your mvp of the minor league season out of the rockies prospects uh zach v i mean he's the the thing that gets everybody excited and he went to the futures game and put out two hits and I mean, he's just been doing his thing. And so, you know, there's nothing to say that he's not going to be everything everybody thinks he is. So for that reason, I'm putting him as my MVP. That's a weird pick. Why? I don't know. I would say he had kind of a down year. You're not a really. weird pick. I mean, he... <laughs> see penguin life. I, you do, you dog. I mean, you're right. Everything you said is right. I mean, he bounced around a couple levels, right? How old is he? 21. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dude's going to be a stud. So, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) All right. You heard it here first, guys. Zach Veen is going to be a stud. (laughs) Make sure that's your headline when you listen to this. Thank you, James. James Keating there. Um, This guy. (laughs) Uh, My guy is Winton Bernard. think just what he did on the field stats wise and everything in Albuquerque and then getting the call up and literally making national news like dude man was on the news channels telling his stories he went on every single pod possible uh and his story is just insane and making the debut I think that it's in itself as the MVP grinding 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 um not saying we had anything to do with it but we did send a letter to dick monfort and then like a week later winton was called up just saying there's absolutely no way that had anything to do with it but mvp had to have been winton bernard and then still going back and just still has a smile on his face you know that man's coming back to play next year um hopefully he gets a like i want him to go to the pirates or something and just so he has a full-time outfield position and a major league roster it would just be sweet but i think MVP, without question, Winton Bernard, friend of the pod. End yeah, it. I mean, just end it. Just keeping it straight, like it's Winton Bernard. Um, I think in this award is a little bit less, you know, about trying to identify these these young talents. It's like 
the guy had a ridiculous season in the minors. Like we see a lot of guys in the Pacific Coast League do crazy stuff, but Winton did it start to finish, power, speed, defense, you know, the whole every just everything. Um, like if if his play constituted like the the interior of a burrito, like the tortilla would burst because there's too much <laughs> at play. Like he just did everything. Um, and again, going back to storylines, this is this is maybe the best storyline that I've seen as a fan of the minors in like forever. We got to see him debut. Um, and that's what this is all about. These guys are putting their, you know, everything into this. And some of them are never going to get recognized. Um, and if that doesn't, you know, make keep you up at night occasionally, like, damn, there's guys out there trying to live their dream and they're never going to. Like, if that doesn't make you just feel chills, like, I don't know what what will. Mm-hmm. But Winton, like, overcame that. I think he had to have had that night, many of those nights, where he's like, like, do I, you know, give up on this? Do I go to the KBO? Um, do I play, you know, in Mexico? Do I play somewhere else just, just to keep the, the dream alive and, you know, make, maybe make a little more money out of this, he, but he just kept working at it. And like, he's a big leaguer. I, yeah. I, and he's not just like a guy, like, I think he has a chance to be a fourth outfielder. I, yeah. I hope he gets a chance in spring, you know, to earn that, that opening day roster spot. Uh, but worst case, I hope he stays on the 40 man and you know get some opportunities again next season it's just he deserves it absolutely yeah and i think we ended with that and some thank yous um i just love that story but i'm really bad at saying thank yous i've been having this list in my mind so we're going to end the season with a bunch of shout outs and thank yous to everybody we will do some off-season pause we'll get our lives together over here um but let's end it with this. Thank you to Nick and Lewis for writing co- and content. Nick is a stud when it comes to the college baseball stuff. Lewis is new to the blog team. You'll see, I mean, I think he's wrote our last two blogs that we, we released. Fresh on the scene. So thank you, Lewis. Shout out to Patrick Lyons, K-Dub, King Wick, and just being friends with the pod. Let us come on yours. Let us, you coming on ours. Just love the with the Rockies community in that sense. That's sweet that you guys are just spending time with us lonely folks down here. The boys at Fresno, got to give those guys a shout out. We started with them with Johnny Bravo, Stephen Rice, family of the pod, Julian, and Tomas, uh, the fan of the year down in Fresno. Dude, dude man's running for office right now. Do work, Tomas. Change the world. Um, thank you to the baseball design guy. Fantastic pod if you haven't heard his pod. Um, Paul, he's from Colorado somewhere. We did a sticker swap and you know, my sticker debacle of 2022 little stickers, dude, man, put it on an ice cream Sunday helmet, put it on there, send it to me. And it's awesome. And my kids love it. I, I think I love it. If, if this was a video pod is somewhere back here behind my right shoulder. Um, so that was cool. Thank you, Paul. I know you don't listen to this. Um, thank you to Matt in Washington for sending these little mascot bottle toppers. Posted on the BSB Instagram. He saw it. He's like, I got you. And he just shipped it on, on a nice whim. So just thank you for being a nice guy. He's also one of three people that own a BSB shirt. So shout out to him. Shout out to the dudes that do have one. Um, there's three or four of you out there. So thank you for that. That money is going to our guys. Uh, thank you. Just all the dudes that come on the pod and talks ball. Like you, the banter sessions are are my favorite part of this getting to know these guys' stories and we can go down that list, but it's just, thank you for spending time with us. Um, and then the dads of some of those guys, like getting called out by one of the top prospects, dad, because we didn't talk about <laughs> his son enough. That was wild. But then just having conversations with a few of our friends, dads, and it's just really cool seeing what they are and some insider information. Um, it's, it's fun. It's fun that we have a small BSB community. That's pretty dope. And then just guys that have been talking to us in the DMs, uh, Joe from Albuquerque, uh, Nate from Colorado. You've been a fun Twitter follow. If you want to write for us, holler at your boy. Um, Sigmund, we're going to get Sigmund on. He works behind the scenes with some of these pitchers. Um, I think he'd be fun. He's uh, one of the analytics. What, what, what are the pitching things? And he works with guys. Kind of. Yeah, so he, I think he would be fun. Uh, Brian from Pro- Prospectus, um, 1500, new on the scene for Prospectus, making some rounds, talking to us and seeing what he's getting there. And I know I missed a few in there. Uh, Rocky's Roundup, 
shout out to her just doing cool things as at a young age and just making waves as a female in baseball like i think that's dope um i don't know you guys have any shout outs that i missed that you just want to get put out there thank you tyler thank you james for being badasses like doing this with me i know i'm a little crazy about it but shout out to you guys for bearing with me i mean and shout, shout out to you um you you do put a put a lot into this and i think the product is is pretty special getting the, the banter sessions and stuff out you know if people come and listen to us just talk about stuff like that's cool but uh actually getting to do the banner sessions and stuff uh and you putting those together uh, i think it, it benefits the whole like fan base i think it, you know they're really special pieces of content um and again you know just to echo what you said thanks to to everybody uh, I want to say, yeah, thank you to to Patrick Lyons, K Dub, and and Justin. Those those three dudes made this season. We you know we only did a couple pods with each, but just such a blast. Um, it's really fun to just hop into this this space and you know make some connections with people. Um, I hope that at some point you know all our paths can cross. We can go to a Rockies game or something like that. Um, but yeah, those those dudes are are awesome. Um, and again, yeah, the guys that that you threw out there too, you know, this is a journey and it, it is cool to have some kind of community associated with it. Um, I've been really fortunate this season to do all this. I know this sounds like goodbye stuff I know. <laughs> from all of us. Like it's, it's not, I think this was a really great step for, you know, all of us, um, just a ton of fun. We learned a lot. Um, so yeah, this was, this was really awesome. So thank you, Aaron, for, you know, keeping the foot keeping your foot on the gas because um, James James is just sitting there in the dark <laughs> he looks so sad uh you know it's 10 30 at night it's dad life uh I just have a lot of gratitude for Aaron for uh for doing all the things so I appreciate you thank you I was not saying thank you so, so I get a shout out but I appreciate both of you all right enough of that go rocks minor league affiliates Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.